This is the Get Better Everyday Podcast with Matt Gouget. Actionable advice from real-life superheroes who, just like you, are in relentless pursuit of the best version of themselves. Whether you're just getting started or have been at it for years, my hope is that this podcast injects you with some positive energy to continue doing what brings you joy. Join me as I interview the best of the best in business, sports, and life. Let's grow together. Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm KJ. And we're the producers of the Get Better Everyday Podcast. Do you like podcasts? Well, then hit us up. IkePodcastNetwork.com will help you build your show. All right, Matt Gouget, Get Better Everyday Podcast. On the Get Better Everyday Podcast, I love the fact that I can talk about all kinds of different stuff, from business to health to sports. And sometimes getting better every day means uh, a surgery is involved. So on today's show, I asked Carrie Vanderclay to join me uh, to talk about septoplasty. And I don't know the story, which I like about this interview. We're going to talk about um, an interesting story you have. I had the surgery as of this recording only three weeks ago, and um, things went fairly well. I don't know if you can say the same, Carrie. I think you might have had some interesting bumps along the way, but that's that's what the get better everyday story is for a lot of people, right? It's like things don't always go perfectly in life. So without further ado, uh, Carrie, thanks for joining me. Well, thanks for having me on. Like this story brings back a little PTSD, but I'm happy to share it because we're reverting back to kind of like my glory days of playing sports. But first I want to ask Matt, how does your nose feel currently? Are we good with swelling and yeah, a little bit sore. You know, I'm okay. getting back into the swing of of being active again because they told me to, you know, not exert or do anything too crazy. Yeah, getting in the pool the last couple of days, but you know, for the most part, um, with the rinses and stuff, it feels pretty clear. It feels pretty good. Okay, well, that's terrific news. So let me tell you a little bit about what happened to me. Um, I was about 17, so you could probably do the math and figure out how old I am now. Um, playing basketball at home. So when you hear home jerseys, think white jerseys. We were both going for a rebound and my face ended up getting the tail end of a real hard elbow. So I immediately went down into like fetal position. It was terrible pain. And I, the trainer came up to me And he like took my hands away and it was like someone shot a blood fountain out. It just went everywhere, all down the front of my white home Jersey, just bad news. So I, the trainer said that he didn't really think it was broken because it didn't look funny, but he told us if it kept on bleeding the next morning, I should go to the ER. Fast forward to five o'clock the next morning it is still bleeding. So my mom takes me to the hospital. And so this is where it starts to get really interesting because they are changing shifts when we get there. And looking back now, I kind of see what happened. But as a kid, like you don't have any idea. They were changing shifts. They were in a hurry to get me out of there. So they took the x-rays. They're like, no, it's not broken. You're good to go. So I think we should let everybody know your nose bone is very small. So it's not like the whole front of your nose. It's only about an inch or two inches, maybe up here. 
I've always had a problem. Well, I call it a problem. I never got war wounds when I was playing sports. Like someone would literally have to hit me with a bat to bruise. I would be like diving on the floor, you know, all my team for scrambling for the ball. All my teammates would have these fabulous bruises on their elbows, on their knees. I I'm blessed, I guess, with good iron. I don't bruise very easy, but the week following my, um, incident if you will my dad was teasing me my dad's like your nose is crooked it's broken like and I have that relationship with my dad so he wasn't being mean he's like it's it's crooked and I'd be looking in the mirror it was definitely swollen but I didn't get the typical like raccoon black eyes that usually accompanies a broken nose at the end of the week however I started to get yellow shiny right here and that was a bit of a red flag so my mom called the ENT they got me into the ENT and the doctor looks at my x-rays and he says to my mom who took these x-rays like a five-year-old these are the worst x-rays I've ever seen in my life so I'm sitting there 17 starting to get a little bit sweaty because <laughs> I'm wondering like where is this going? He takes a look at it. He does like all of the tools and looking and stuff. He's like, it's definitely broken. So now it's been over a week that it was broken. And he says it needs to be rebroken to fix it. So I'm like, okay, my brother broke his wrist in football. You know, they numbed it before they said it. All good things. I'm thinking they'll numb it. It'll be fine. So I ask, are you going to numb it? And to this day, I've had an epidural, an emergency C-section, like some of the nasty, nastier things in life. I've never seen a needle as long as the one he pulled out and said that he could, he could try to shove that up my nose to numb it. <laughs> the alternative to that is that he just did it. Like in the office, nothing just did it so after some debate and like panic I told him like just do it he's like it'll be real quick it'll be over before you know it no big deal <laughs> okay so I will never forget these big fat sausage fingers like getting behind me and it going and I passed out oh I woke up with oxygen on my face and like, just thankful the ordeal's over, right? It's fixed. Like he made it look good. I don't, I didn't have a bump. I didn't have like any visual signs that it was broken besides the swelling and the little bit of yellow shiny in the corner of my eyes. Fast forward the rest of my life. <laughs> I have been pretty athletic traditionally and I would run and I'd always had been a mouth breather since I had broken my nose. And I thought maybe that's just who I was. Like, that's how I was designed. Like I'm a mouth breather. So fast forward through COVID, when everybody's talking about breathing and how important it is and like all of that stuff, I was like, you know, maybe I should go get this checked out that I feel like I can't breathe through my nose. So it was a bit of a journey because I also have really bad allergies. So I had to go through the allergist. We had to do like shots. We had to get medication. We had to get that all on point. 
so that we could rule out that it wasn't just inflammation from the allergies. Then I advanced the ENT. They send me in for a CT scan. The CT scan comes back and they sit me down and they're like, it's not good. And I already had like all this PTSD, broken nose twice, the pain. I can't handle seeing somebody have a bloody nose right now. I can't stand someone trying like touching my nose, being around my face. Like I already have all of this history. They're like, it's not good. You need to have surgery. And I was like, what? Because he didn't really have a great bedside manner to explain it to me. And then the, the surgeon came in and broke down my CT scan. So if you look at my CT scan, the right side was completely obstructed. So no air in or out. So he tells me that he can do like similar probably to what you had, the septoplasty, break it, fix it, make it straight. That's fine. But when you've had 20 plus years of only one nasal passage, basically what your body does is adapt. So my left side, the airway was really large. And as you can imagine, the right side was pretty much closed up because it wasn't being used. So he can, he proceeds to tell me <laughs> that they're going to have to reconstruct my airways because I didn't really know this until I went through this whole ordeal that having a nasal passage that's too wide is actually problematic. You can get too much air in your nose. Did that, did that, kind of, did that uh, cause the allergy problems maybe? Like more? No, it's more hard to say. No one's ever, no one's ever nailed that down for me. <laughs> so he tells me all these horrible things that need to be redone. Basically just reconstruct the whole inside of my nose, break it, just fix it. And that will also alleviate some sinus problems that I'd had. And so I got out of there and I cried because like, this is like my worst trauma in my life so far. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. And I talked to my mom. I talked to my dad. I talked to my husband. They're like, just get it done. The, the surgeon told me that this, he calls this surgery. I think he's well, the crowd pleaser is what he said, because he said, once you've had the surgery, it's such a night and day difference that you'll, it's a, it's a crowd pleaser. It'll be good. So I was kind of like, mm, I don't know about all of this. I proceeded to have three different opinions just to make sure, because it was a pretty major surgery. It's a long recovery, as you know. Um, and then finally, I was like, I have to do it. So I scheduled it. And this was another mistake that I made. I scheduled it about three months out. So this all happened in the fall of 2020. And then I had the surgery in December of 2020. But the time leading up to that, I wasn't sleeping. I was having so much anxiety. Like I was just internally having a mental breakdown about this surgery. And it's funny because, you know, like people do it electively, like when they get a nose job or whatever, like this is something I had to have to be able to breathe. So I always get like a tip of the hat to people who do it electively because it was such a, like a big deal for me. So I had the surgery. They told me that they were going to put stints in and I was like, okay, like 
that sounds terrible, but we'll, we'll get through this. Um, I had the surgery, got home, and no one told me or my husband that like when you stand up, it's going to be like someone turned on a a blood faucet out your nose. So I stood up to do something and all of a sudden it's just dripping all over the hardwood floors. And my son was like freaking out. <laughs> I was dying. My husband's electrician and he's, he should be an engineer probably, but he engineered a gauze mustache essentially for me, taped it to my face so that my nose running down would drip into the, <laughs> into the gauze because it was just all over. And then I guess the worst, the worst out of all of this was those stints that were in my nose. Uh, they told me they were stitched into my nose and that gave me like some lightheadedness. And then I think for you, it was 10 days, right? Before you got yours out. It was eight. I had surgery on a Monday and then I got them out the right. following Tuesday. So it was eight days of those things in my nose. If, if I would have known, and this is just a funny little caveat of somebody who like, if I'm going to buy a new TV or I'm going to do something, very little thought goes into it. Very little preparation. Maybe it's kind of, you know, how a lot of dudes operate. Um, went in the office, said, listen, this is going to help you. I had my left side completely closed. So I was getting no air up there. Yep. Similar to you where it's like, it makes sense, right? I'm going to be able to breathe better. I'm a mouth breather. My wife, my wife joked about how more oxygen to the brain might help me remember some of the things she told me to do. Uh, but I can't remember the exact date, but it was like late July. And they said, we got a date August 7th. I said, cool, I'm in. Then rather than have sleepless nights, um, you know, for better or for worse with me, like I'm just not a big thinker analyzer. Okay. I didn't think about it at all. So much so that I had no idea I was getting stints in. I had no idea the recovery would last weeks and months. And so um, some of those things were a glorious surprise to me, like, you know, yeah. the gauze mustache that that we engineered at my house to, to catch everything. And, uh, you know, realizing after, I think on day six or seven of my stints, when I was just like, please, please, when do these things come out? Was the right. first time my wife told me, you know how big those things are, Matt? Like your middle finger, right? So... Yeah. I, uh... so I knew that I had the stents and I knew that they were stitched in and mine were coming out after 10 days. So all of the time leading up to the appointment, I'm like having anxiety about like, just like, I guess when I had my son, like this baby has to come out somehow, <laughs> like these stents have to come out somehow. So I get in there the first thing that ENT says to me, she's like, are you okay? And I was, it's December. So I'm in Michigan. So it's very cold. I'm sweating like profusely. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm having just horrible anxiety. Like the fact that these are coming out and I like, I just explained my whole situation to her. She was fabulous. She's like, I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen so that you know what to expect and she's like, I promise you, it's going to be okay. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So she told me the first step is they had to clip each of the stitches, which I anticipated that being bad. It wasn't. She puts that in the tray. And then she said, she's going to pull them out. So at this point, I don't know how giant they are. 
And she said, as I pull, it's going to be gentle. She's like, you need to breathe, breathe through it. And she said, when I get to the end, it's going to be like a little pop. And she's like, it will feel so good. So I trusted her. And I did. I was sweating and breathing. I got a little lightheaded, but I made it through it. So then she finally has them out and she's looking at everything and she's like, do you want to see them? And I was like, sure. When she showed me, they're like, how do we explain them to people? Like they're silicone, very long things that you can't imagine would fit up your nose. Right, right. Yeah. And that that blew my mind. I was like, how that thing was tickling my brain for sure. Because that was so far up there. I want to make sure I don't forget to tell anybody listening, you know, if you've stumbled upon this and you're like, what is septoplasty? Do I need septoplasty? You know, like Carrie and I, if you've got issues, you know, deviated septum is, is kind of, you know, what they'll call it where, you know, you can't breathe out of, of one side of your nose. Um, despite the, the the horror story that we've shared here today, once you go through it, like you talked about, it's a crowd pleaser. And I've had a lot of conversations with my wife saying, if I would have known what the recovery was like, if I would have done my research, I might not have done it. I would have been like, well, I would have put it off because it's going to interrupt work and, and all that. So glad I did it. So glad I did it. Well, it took me a while though, to be glad that I did it. So that was in December around Christmas time. I got him out. I was still out of commission for a week or two after that. And then in January, I got a staph infection in my nose. So another fun fact that I learned through this whole process is that inside your nose occurs naturally a lot of staph. It's just how you're designed. And I can't tell you the why behind it, but it's true. You can look it up. Fact check me. So... When all of that disturbance happens in your nose, especially when there's as much cutting and rearranging as they had to do in mine, there's a lot of open spots for that staph to get into. And I didn't know it was a staph infection. I just knew. So this is gross, just even more gross than what we've already talked about. I was like drowning in like snot. Like I just, it was so much like when I, went to sleep and like lay back I felt like I was choking and I was like I don't think this is right like this is not right and then I started to feel bad went into the doctor they had to stick a hose up my nose and like pull it all out it was it was like traumatizing I was trying to tell my husband about he's like oh my god he's like these are things I don't need to know (laughs) but it was it just they hooked it up and it was a long time. It felt like just getting everything out. And then they tested it and came back. It was staph and some other infection. So that proceeded to take me through almost the spring that I had to be on antibiotics. And so when I originally had it done, they said it was a six month total recovery. And so it took every bit of that. And then some after that staph infection. So I can breathe now out of my nose. If you asked me if I would do it again, I'd probably tell you no, just because I can breathe, but it was a little traumatic for me. Um, but just to add to that, 
in that waiting period time from scheduling my um, surgery into actually having it, a good friend of mine told me to read this book. It's either Breathe or Breath by James Nestor. And it's a yellow book. And I read it. If you're interested in anything about breathing and how it affects the rest of your body, it is so interesting. There's a little bit of science in it, but it's not too like sciencey that it's not interesting. And some of the facts that I learned through that book were just like mind blowing about how your breathing, especially through your nose, it even impacts the shape of your face and your like your skull. So I definitely, if you have any interest or you've been through it, been through this or any of that like it's very interesting to find out how important it is to be able to breathe through your nose so yeah Yeah, I know there's a bunch of research on it because I remember you know just me having problems sleeping and I'd try the 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 mouth tape to close you know my mouth and even though I'm only three weeks out I just I know I've never been able to take a full of a breath as I can now through my nose and I know that I've still got some recovery time left and whatnot to to get back to you know full strength, but that is important. And you know, there's all these different podcast things you can listen to, Joe Rogan stuff talking about how important breathing through your nose is. And I feel like that's the next step for me is now I've got to do some training around how do I teach myself because the body is fascinating. Like the doctor told you. Like your body adapted to one side's closed. We're going to figure out how to get enough air through through the other side. Um, and right. so now my body that's just done all this mouth breathing for who knows how long. Friggin the so last. I actually asked the doctor about that. Like, do I need to go through? So in that book I was talking about, they talked about like training yourself. There's different ways to do like different breathing and how it impacts your body. So I asked the doctor, do I need to like, like focus on the like, deep breaths. And they actually said, don't, they said that your body now that it's fixed will correct itself. So what a ask your doctor about that. Fascinating. I, someone mm-hmm. else recommended that, that, you know, I don't know whether it's breathe or breath either, but I've, I've got yeah. that yellow book in my office. I think I only read the first chapter, but I'm going to, I'm going to read it. Cause that's exact. Like you described it was how I think it was one of my wife's friends just said, fascinating read just about yes. breathing. It, I guess I was most just like mind blown by like how it can change the shape of your face. And it goes into like the evolution. And I don't know, I'm not a science nerd by any, but since it like directly impacted my life, I found it super interesting. Right. So, right. and that being said, I also, they give some percentage to the doctor did of how many children are born with a deviated septum. And so my son has already gone down that path and already had surgery to have it corrected because he had a tonsillectomy, but he also had a deviated septum. So I was like, let's fix it now before he's an adult and has to go through all of the trauma. And he had his corrected because he snored really bad. And we were like, that doesn't, that's not right. He's little. Why is he snoring? Like a, just trying to be like a drunk old man snore, like those big, <laughs> big snores. So yeah, my that's wife, something like, so if your kids. Me as a drunk old man snoring sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So if your kids, if your kids are snoring, it's definitely something to just talk to the doctor about and just see maybe that could potentially be a cause for them. Yeah. So. I think my boys 
are do relatively well. But it's interesting too. I I thought about it. Like, where did it come from? You know, is it like the the facial structure and the nose structure on my dad's side? And I got it, and that's why I've got the deviated septum. Right. We 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 even talked about you know did I get in too many fights in high school? Was was that it? You know, was, was yeah. I'm a, I'm a changed man. I'm a, I'm I'm older, wiser, and more mature now. But this was a fascinating chat. I appreciate you coming on here. You know, the Get Better Every Day podcast. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, today's episode was was breathe better every day, and I, I'm glad to hear that. You know, despite all the challenges, do you still play basketball? No, I'm. I haven't. There's not really a, an old ladies league by us. So, well, I've, I've got my 14 year old who just wants to play every single day. Him and my 10 year old son are both into basketball and Love that. for sure. I can't play right now because getting hit in the nose, you know, at, no. <laughs> it w- would not be good, but um, yeah, I was curious too. And, and there's definitely some seasoned, what's a nice way of saying old, I'm I'm gonna play in in a league, and I'm 43, so I'm sure you could okay. find some 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 leagues out there to to go out there and play basketball. You just you might not go up as hard for rebounds, knowing what you went through when you were in high school. Probably, yeah, probably <laughs> not. I might be a little gun shy after that, but yeah, <laughs> I, I still love the sport and sports in general. So awesome, awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story. I appreciate it. Septoplastic edition of the Get Better Every Day podcast. If you enjoyed this. Thanks for listening. Go ahead and subscribe, share it with your friends. Thanks again for joining me, Carrie. I appreciate you. This is Matt Gouget. Just wanted to give you a quick thank you for listening to the Get Better Every Day podcast. Hopefully you're inspired to go out there and get better every day. If you could, please do us a huge favor and leave a five-star review if you found any value in this. Share it with your friends. Again, thanks for listening and go out there and get better every day.